0: Good morning, welcome to Willow Park Church. If you join us online, we are so pleased that you've taken the time to connect with us, to take the time to enjoy the service. Honestly, we do believe that God will speak to you as you open your heart this morning. We always come to worship with a heart that is prepared. We should do that. We come to worship uh, saying, Lord, yes, Please come and and speak to us, come close to us. And I know that through the worship and through the preaching of God's word, he promises that he will come close to us and will minister to our hearts. So welcome. And as we begin, let me take a moment to pray. Maybe you've come to this service and you're feeling heavy because of problems you're facing in your life. Maybe at this time you're grappling with an issue that you really need the wisdom of God to come. Well, I believe God answers prayer. I believe that prayer is the key. It transforms our lives. That when I pray and spend time with Jesus, Jesus comes close to me and he He takes away all of my fears. He takes away all of my anxieties. He takes away all of my pain. And he brings to me that that joy. And he brings to me that life, as it says in the Greek, Zoe. That life, that life of God that comes and fills us and strengthens us. That's what I believe the Lord can do for you this morning as you join with us. If you come with an open heart, he will give you life and give you that life to the very full. Now, talking about life, talking about all things that are wonderful... Today, of course, is Father's Day, and so we are celebrating fathers in our homes. I'm sure this afternoon at some point the barbecue will be fired up, ribs and steak and wings will be there, and our neighbourhoods will be full of the lingering smell of food as we celebrate our fathers, as we celebrate. And fathering is such a gift. I'm a father many of you who are listening are fathers, you may even be grandfathers, some of you may be great grandfathers. What a privilege it is to be a father. And all the research talks about the reality that really, really the power of being a father is in our ability to be authentic in our love, authentic in the way that we respond, not judgmental, but authentic in terms of the way that we engage, the way that we connect, the way that we spend time, the way that we invest. It does remind me of that great, that great parable of the lost son who went away and left the father. But the real power of that parable is the heart of the father that he was looking for his son continuously with the binoculars of compassion. He was waiting for the return. And when the son returned, he ran towards him, which was culturally unacceptable and bizarre. But he ran to him, he threw his arms around him and he kissed him repeatedly and hugged him. I'm really glad that God's not English, because if that story had been told... In England, it would be that the son would be made to walk to the front door and ring the doorbell. The father would wait. Then there would be an awkward silence as the door was opened. And then the son would be invited in and the son would have to begin his grovelling routine. But God's not like that. And even I learned so much from that story about being a father that I want to be always looking with eyes of compassion and grace and love, that I wanna be enthusiastic and run towards, that in my life I want to receive and give blessings to my children. So Father's Day, say a prayer for our fathers and remember that ultimately, although we can forget this, our ultimate father is God who has adopted us, who's enthusiastic about us and loves us. That gives me a good reason to worship the Lord today. So Father, bless us as we begin this service on Father's Day. Be with us. We thank you, Lord God, for all the dads that are out there and we pray that you will bless them, encourage them, give them a great day. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that as we listen to your word and listen to the worship, that you may lift us up and that we may, in clear and direct terms, experience the word of God changing our lives, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Enjoy the worship.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Church Online. We're so glad that you joined us. I'm Curtis. This is my buddy Josh and Luke and Rachel. And we're here to lead you in some worship. And we're so grateful you're here. We're so thankful. I'd just like to open in a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this awesome time. Thank you that your spirit joins us all together. No matter where we are, we are gathered together in your name. Christ, you are above me. Christ, you are below me. You're to my right. You're to my left. You're in front of me and you're behind me. Christ, be all around me. I rise, strength of God. Go before, lift me up as I wake, eyes of God. Look upon, be my sight as I wait. Heart of God, satisfy and sustain as I hear. Voice of God, lead me on,
2: be my guide, be my guide. Above. Before and behind me In every eye that sees me Christ be all around me Above and below me Before and behind me In every eye that sees me Christ be all around me
1: As I go of God, my defense by my side as I rest. Breath of God, fall upon,
2: bring me peace, bring me peace above and below me, before and behind me. In every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me, above and below me, before and behind me. In every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me, oh. Shed For every moment. Every moment. Your life. Your death. Your blood. Was shed. For every moment. Every moment. Your life. Your death. Your blood. Was shed. For every moment. Your life, your death, your blood was shed For every moment, every moment Above and below me, before and behind me In every eye that sees me, Christ be all
1: As I awake eyes of God look upon
3: The end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? God of ages stepped down from glory to bear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken I am forgiven the King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope.
2: of me
1: Thank you for taking all of my sin, all of our sin to the cross. Thank you for that. Thank you for what you did with that and what you do with that. You give us freedom. You give us life. You give us hope. You give us this connection with the Father. You give us the church. You give us forgiveness. And you give us your righteousness, which we don't deserve, but thank you thank you for that we'll take it bless us all bless the rest of this service in your name jesus amen amen
0: enjoy the rest of the service folks god bless you jesus messiah jesus messiah he is our messiah everything that very statement is is amazing because the messiah was to come and to liberate. Of course, the Jewish nation expected a kind of Alexander the Great figure, somebody that would arrive on a horse, somebody that would come and would drive the Romans out and re-establish the greatness of Israel at the time of King Solomon, that they would become this superpower because they had a super leader that would rule the region. God had bigger plans than that. Through Christ, the Messiah, he would live and show us how to be truly human. He would show us how to be the kind of believers we should be, to walk in the spirit. And then he would go on the journey to the cross. And as you take your emblems for this moment, we hold the bread and we are reminded. That he came to redeem us, to save us, to pay the price for my sin. You see, I cannot solve the problem of sin within my life. But Jesus paid the price and took my place so I can be free from the power of sin and I can be fully forgiven. Christ is our mediator. He mediates in heaven today and he continues to mediate and to bring the continuous work of forgiveness into people's lives. So, Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. And I thank you for this bread that I'm holding and I pray you'll bless the bread. All that people are holding. Bless in the name of God, the Father, God, the Son and God, the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord Jesus, and thank you that your body was broken for me. That you went to the cross for me. I remember your sacrifice and give thanks. The body of Christ, eat it in remembrance of him. There is something remarkable about forgiveness that creates a profound knowledge and sense and understanding within our lives that we are clean and new, full of that life. And that is achieved, that forgiveness, that atonement is achieved through the blood of Jesus shed upon the cross and his resurrection. And Father, we thank you for this cup. The blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. Drink it. Hallelujah. Lord, come and bless us now. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the purchase of... Thank you that we were once bankrupt, but now we are forgiven and alive. Thank you that we are no longer orphaned, but we are sons and daughters of the living God. Fantastic news. Amen. Well, let's go over to the Willow News and find out what is happening in our church at this time. Thank you.
4: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. We have a lot of exciting things happening for kids this summer here at Willow Park Church. Kids Church is now happening at all three of our locations, and Kids Camp and Preteen Adventure Camp are coming up in July. To be able to do all this, we need a whole lot of volunteers. Join the Kids Church team today by signing up at willowparkchurch.com slash kids team. Registration is now open for our in-person kids camp happening July 26th to 29th. This half-day camp will be lots of fun for kids age 4 to completed grade 4. But that's not all. We're also running a preteen adventure camp for kids who have completed grade 4 or 5. This camp is happening in the afternoons on July 26th to 29th and will include activities at the church as well as an off-site adventure every day. At this time, we are looking for at least 30 more volunteers to help make these camps possible. If you can help, please register as a volunteer on the Kids Camp or Pre-teen Camp sign-up forms on our website. Our Willow Park Church campout is happening July 5th to 16th, and we will have special activities planned for the weekend of July 9th to 12th. There are some tent sites still available, and just in case you're wondering, tents and trailers are both welcome to park in a tent site. Visit our website to register today as space is limited. We are pleased to announce that we will be running our ARC Youth Summer Camps at a brand new location at Pines Bible Camp in Grand Forks. Our junior high camp is happening July 5th to 9th, and our senior high camp is July 12th to 16th. Register today at cahoots.ca slash ARC. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are the miracle worker. And for many of us, Lord, that have joined us uh, online and join us here in person, Lord, we are looking for miracles in certain areas of our life for people, for circumstances, for situations. And Father, we pray that that miracle will be released in Jesus' name in our lives, Lord. We pray that the closed doors will be opened. We pray, Lord, that the doors that should be closed will be closed. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that those that we're contending for in the Spirit, those that we are contending for within our journey, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will come. And there will be breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough in Jesus' name. We believe, Lord Jesus, in your power, in your reality. We believe, Lord Jesus, in in the power of Christ living within and amongst us. And we ask that you would come. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to welcome you. And if you're joining us online, I want to give you a very uh, warm welcome as well. Thank you for taking the time to log in, to click on. To join us this morning as we celebrate, of course, today is Father's Day. So dads, and actually, if you're a male, then there will be a special gift for you out there as you leave. So just, and honestly, ladies, if you feel like you want to have a a sausage sandwich, it's there for you. Uh, So enjoy it and go for it. Um, It is... um, Lovely to celebrate. Of course, yes, Father's Day. I mean, my kids are now older. My youngest is 14. And my oldest, because if you don't know, I've got twins. So I've got two, 22-year-olds. So it's a little bit like Chicago Airport, trying to get them all together, land in different ways. But I'll be sat at the table, in a fatherly manner, waiting for them to arrive with their gifts. No pressure if you're watching. You're probably not watching because they're in bed, probably. Uh, but, but today, of course, uh, we're celebrating our fathers. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we're in our journey through teaching about the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. This has really been a very precious time for us. It's reminded us some truths. It reminds us that uh, that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is God. The person of the Holy Spirit is a person. The person of the Holy Spirit is eternal. The person of the Holy Spirit comes and teaches all truth. The person of the Holy Spirit was present at creation. There, over the waters, when God spoke all things into creation. The person of the Holy Spirit breathed the Word of God uh, and the Bible, and the Bible is inspired by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why if you grieve the Holy Spirit through bitterness, through anger, through resentment, and you grieve the Holy Spirit, it becomes more difficult to connect with the Bible and to connect with Scripture because the the Bible and the Holy Spirit are connected in that beautiful way through revelation. And so we've got to be careful that we don't grieve the Holy Spirit because because the holy spirit always wants to come and teach us things and always teaches us things about jesus teaches us things about the father teaches us and that's why we can grieve that we can quench and that's why it's important that the holy spirit is present when true confession takes place because he seals the confession process as he comes and moves and works within our lives and he is present in us. He's the one that comes and always abides with us and guides us in the right path as the Lord leads us. So we've been on quite a journey with uh, this teaching and we're going to now start to talk about spiritual gifts. We're going to step into some of those passages And I'm going to encourage you, and I don't want it just to be a cliche, but I want to encourage you that as I teach this session this morning, uh, the reason I want to teach it is because I believe that you have a purpose in the kingdom of God and that we are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we have roles to play. And so often the spiritual gifts from Corinthians from Romans 12 and from Ephesians 4 that often the spiritual gifts and the role of the uh, apostle the prophet the evangelist the shepherd the teacher have been kind of created a mystique about them there's a created a kind of oh an aura around them that has often been quite negative in the body of Christ But I want to demystify these things for you. And then having demystified them, what I want to do is remind you that God has put a call on your life. How do I know that God has put a call on your life? Because when you were saved, you were redeemed. And when you were redeemed, you were invited into the body of Christ. And as part of the body of Christ, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. None of us are redundant in the kingdom of God. None of us, none of us are redundant, and God has a task and a role for us within our lives. So let's jump into this, understanding spiritual gifts and the work of the Spirit in these gifts. First of all, I want to talk about the fullness of Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Colossians 2 verse 9. When Christ came and ministered, He had, of course, in his humanity, but within who Christ is, all of the fullness of the deity was there. All of the fullness. Now, this is what I believe, is that within Christ, all of the spiritual gifts functioned within him. Within Christ, he, of course, was the apostle. He, of course, came as a prophet. He, of course, came to... To evangelise. He of course came to shepherd. He of course came to pastor and to teach. And those two words are interchangeable there. And uh, the Bible translators have had lots of fun talking about that. But when you look at Christ, you see the fulfillment of this. And as you can see, of uh, five dimensions of Christ. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Consider Jesus He came with an apostolic anointing. He lived in an apostolic anointing. What does that mean? Well, we'll get into that. But we can see that he is called, uh, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. So consider Jesus. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. He is the one. He spoke, of course, He was a prophet. He spoke as a prophet. He understood. He he came and ministered in that way. So already we see that Jesus is our high priest and apostolic figure. Already we see that Jesus is our prophet that comes and speaks the truth. He is the evangelist. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news, to evangelize. He is called to bring life to communicate good news and when he ministered of course he spoke to the crowds and when he spoke to the crowds he brought good news wouldn't you love to have been there sat on that hillside I have the privilege of having been to where Jesus preached a sermon on the mount it's a lovely spot now the um, I think the Catholics own that particular spot. Through the Holy Land, the different churches own lots of spots and, and the Catholics own that spot and, and there's a church there and there's lots of scriptures around and, and flowers and you know just exactly how it wasn't when he preached. And so, but you sit there and you overlook the lake of uh, the uh, Sea of Galilee and as you overlook it, People are wandering by nuns and priests, and everybody's wandering around, um, lots of coaches are turning up and everything, and you think this is the moment where he preached the Sermon on the Mount, where he preached in power, where he preached and then it, it, and you sit there and you imagine it and, it, and it, it is glorious to look out and think that he stood on the hillside and he complain, proclaimed good news to the poor. he proclaimed. Freedom to the captive. He proclaimed a new way of life. And with him, he de- declared that big changes were happening and that the kingdom of God was now amongst them. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Of course, he's our shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And when we think about the good shepherd, we know that he comes and meets our needs. That when we travel through those really tough times, he's with us and he helps us. He guides us and leads us. The teacher, while Jesus was still speaking, they said, why bother the teacher anymore? Pretty obvious that when the Apostle Paul speaks about the five ministry gifts of the Spirit there in Ephesians, that these are reflected... In the life of Jesus. In other words, Jesus fulfilled his ministry by operating in these fivefold gifts. Jesus fulfilled his ministry by stepping into them in his humanity and was able to be that pioneer. Was able to be that voice that cries in the wilderness. Was able to be that great evangelist, whether it was personal evangelism, talking to the woman at the well. What a beautiful story. Or whether it was declaring salvation to the crowds. Jesus was the shepherd that would be with people and come to them and speak life, and bring healing, and bring freedom. When it was a group of lepers, and as he gathered with them, he told them that they would be clean, and go show yourself in the temple. And he was there speaking into into their lives. Where he was a shepherd, and of course, he was a teacher. He taught the truth of the kingdom of God with such wonder and such glory. And then, of course, he ascended on high. So what happened then? Well, the fullness of Christ. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as a head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. The truth is this, is that the fullness of Christ and the gifts of Christ where in him he is now the head of the church, and now the church carries the gifts within the body of Christ. And so now we are called, we are now the ones he is, he's the head of the church, and now the church is called to function in the gifts of these gifts to change the world. We are called to function in these ministry gifts in various ways and different ways. We are called to function in these gifts as a body. He's the head of the church, but now he dwells in his fullness within the church. And as he dwells gloriously, as we taught earlier, that the Holy Spirit is in us as a whole body, but he's also in us as individuals. And as a whole body, he dwells within us. And as a whole body, he has released gifts within the body of Christ to do remarkable things and to change the world. So right here and now, and those online, I want to remind you that the gifts of Christ is in the corporate body of the church. And that's, of course, one reason he said, when I go, you will do even greater things. Why is that? Because all the gifts and all the ministry is in the church, not just in Willow Park Church, but in the church globally, that his body is is full of the presence of Christ and that ministry makes a difference throughout the world. So... And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. So it's a beautiful picture that he goes to the right hand of the Father. The church is birthed and then the church fulfills the ministry of Christ throughout the world. And this is why it's so important. This is why we see the global church. This is why we should believe and see the global church at work. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge, and of the sons of God became mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. First thing I want to notice and comment on, it was he, Jesus, who gave some. Now, grammatically, the word gave is he gave these gifts. So often we think of, well, yes, we know he gave. I mean, in Canada, we love certain gifts. We love the pastor. He oh, yeah, he gave the pastor. We love the teacher, don't we? Oh, he gave the teacher. Uh, The Canadian church is dominated by pastor teachers. And then evangelists. Not so many evangelists in Canada. Uh, There's been some great evangelists in Canada who I have. uh, John Wesley White. Do you ever remember him, anybody? Uh, I used to listen to John Wesley White. He used to talk like this. And I wanted to be a little bit like John Wesley White from the prairies. He was a Billy Graham uh, associate and, 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 and a great uh, evangelist from, from Saskatchewan who, who preached all across America and, 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 and ministered. I remember just as a teenager listening to him preach. But the point I want to make at this moment is that you can't, when it says it was he who gave, It's, it's nonsense to say he just gave pastors and teachers. He gave all these gifts. He gave all these gifts. He gave the apostle. He gave the evangelist. He gave the, 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 the prophet. The difficult thing is, is that there's been so many extremes in this. So much debate, particularly around the role of the apostolic. Now, first of all, let me say what I believe is that, of course, the apostolic to do with the original apostolic foundation and the role of the apostolic in the church today are completely different. Well, they're not completely different, but they are different. Of course, the original apostles are the foundation. Of course, they walked with Jesus. It's very hard to be an apostle because we can't walk with Jesus in that way. But I do believe That all of the fivefold gifts are present in the body of Christ. Because if we accept the pastor and we accept the teacher under the grammatical construct that who gave some to be apostles, who gave some to be prophets, who gave some to be evangelists, who gave some to be pastors, who gave some to be teachers... He's given all the gifts to the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to go a different direction from what you expect, I imagine, from this preaching. Because often at this point, the preacher will preach that then we need to release the apostle in the body of Christ. And we need to release the the prophet and I've hung around apostolic figures. I've hung around the prophetic figures. In a sense, I've hung around. I've, I've seen them, you know, read works and, tra- and traveled and met people who have uh, these, these kind of... And, it, and it, sometimes it worries me because, to be honest, sometimes it feels quite grandiose. Sometimes it feels quite... Uh, powerful sometimes it feels ooh a little bit i get i get uncomfortable oh why is that well because sometimes we hear horror stories of people who proclaim themselves to be the apostolic figure and prophet to the nations and and then it all goes a bit wrong right feels uncomfortable. Does that mean that the gifts don't exist in the body of Christ? Absolutely not. The gifts exist in the body of Christ. Because I can't, I can't be not true to Scripture without understanding that, that this is what the Apostle Paul taught. So how do I work this through? Let me take another angle for you. The five-fold scene seen in human experience. You see, very often a lot of researchers, in modern research have been theologians, have looked into this. And there's a strong line of thought, which I actually think is is, is wonderful and freeing and exciting and dynamic. Is that the particular apostolic gifts, the, the fivefold ministries of the Spirit that He gave to the church, also are within humanity. Also a present. But when you become a Christian, they are redeemed. They are activated. And that these gifts exist they exist at all kinds of different levels. Let me explain. When he ascended on high, he led the hosts of captives, freeing those. And he gave gifts to men. Within humanity, there is gifts. Within humanity... I mean, somebody that isn't a Christian still has gifts, abilities, and talents, true? He has given gifts to humanity. We see gifts of leadership. We see gifts of a pioneer. We see gifts of innovation. Humanity is amazing. We see, we see gifts throughout If you read history, if you look at people currently, you see remarkable, gifted people speaking and acting in most profound ways. But of course, he gave gifts to men. And that's pretty obvious. Part of having the image of God and being human is that we have gifts. It's a remarkable thing. But when you become a Christian, those gifts are suddenly changed from something that is just present to something that is glorious, something that is powerful, something that is supercharged by the presence of the Holy Spirit within your life. That God takes your natural gifts and he lifts them up and he anoints them and suddenly what was just a gift suddenly become a gift of the Holy Spirit and God releases that in your life. Where often we kind of think about, well, um, that something, you know, people have called me an evangelist over the years, okay? I was proclaimed an evangelist when I was about 18 years old. And the reason I was proclaimed an evangelist is because I was the only one doing evangelism and people getting saved. And they went, oh, he's an evangelist. I actually, I don't know, I've had a, a, a battle with this because... Evangelists generally do not like Christians or pastoral work. Do you know this about evangelists? Perhaps you don't. You all look at me as if, what are you talking about? Honestly, evangelists are always battering the church and, and, and then, then trying to win the loss. I love the church. I, I spend hours with people pastorally. I enjoy it. So, but anyway, I was kind of ordained as an evangelist. And people, when I preach an evangelistic message, people generally get saved. The question I want to ask you is that Phil Collins, before he got saved, within him, had a gift. He was enthusiastic. He communicated. Honestly, I would have been an awesome vacuum salesman. I would have, honestly, those vacuum people that knock on your door... Honestly, I look at the TELUS people that come to my door, and I just want to say, come on in. Oh, yeah. Let me teach you how to connect with somebody. Honestly, because at the moment, I just want to headbutt you. I shouldn't say that. But you've annoyed me, and you're standing there being all kind of like, do you realize that you're with Shaw? But you could be with TELUS, and we, you know, you've experienced this, you're right? I say, oh. So there's all, always that enthusiasm, always that, that part of me. But when the Holy Spirit and salvation got hold of me, God took that from the desire to sell, to have companies, to run a business, to suddenly to win the world for Jesus. Now I want to say that's not unique to me because I'm on this stage. I want to say it's unique to all of you, that God has given you ministry gifts. All of you have a calling. All of you have a role. All of you have this. But let me get into this some more. And I'm 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 a fivefold. When he said he gave gifts to men, okay, we know this. So you have the fivefold gifts. Well, the apostle these days, of course, we view the apostle. Through most theological work, as the one who pioneers something brand new. The apostle is somebody who goes and builds something, who goes and develops something. The apostle is somebody who is an initiator in the body of Christ. Somebody that takes something and develops it and grows it and often hands it over. An apostle is somebody who has that. And I guess in in a non-Christian sense, before salvation, you could see the role of those gifts with somebody who's powerfully entrepreneurial. Somebody who develops... can see things, of how things can connect and come together. Somebody who has a vision for leadership, a vision for the future, a vision for how things could be. Imagine what our politicians could be like if they were full of the Holy Spirit and had a vision of how they could change things. They'd be like Wilberforce, seeing the evil of slavery and for 30 years battling it out in Parliament until finally he moves and suddenly Suddenly the world is changed by the by the redeemed leadership gifts of Wilberforce, who there in the in the in the constituency of Hull, there in Northern England, was able to change the world. Apostolics are often pioneering. So it's not just about church. The man who builds a business. The man who sees a vision. The woman who builds a business. The woman who sees a vision. A business. The prophet. Justice. Environmentalism. Creative arts. See that. And great people are being used by God when they've got saved in a prophetic way. Because the, the beauty of the prophetic, it sees what's wrong in society and speaks into society. I think a lot of social workers have this. I think people that care about big issues, that they are, they have that sense, and there's times when we see that naturally, we see that driven, we see. Within humanity, we see the justice, we see the environmentalism, we see the creative arts. Our counselors can have a drug intervention workers, although they could be shepherds, you could say. But you see what I'm saying? That these people, that they have this sense within their lives. Evangelists, they sell significance of work. they Company and products and and all these kind of things. I mean, I once did a psychometric testing with 30 evangelists in one room. And a consultant came in to lead us from a big company in Europe. And he he wasn't a Christian. And he did all of our our profiles. And at the end of it, he said, "I, I just don't know who you guys are. He said, if I had you guys, we could sell anything to anybody in the world. My dad used to say that, who's an atheist. He'd say, well, if you can sell religion, Phil, you can sell anything. Because what you're selling is invisible. And I'm like, yeah, Dad, you haven't quite got the point, have you? Happy Father's Day, Dad, if you're watching. But the shepherd creates community, brings healing Cares for people, looks after people. The teacher, effective trainers, inspiring of leading, love information, love to communicate information, love to take information and put it together. So within the kingdom of God, but within humanity, there are these gifts. But when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of a person, he supersizes them. He takes them in your life and uses them. Where do you fit? Where do you fit in this space, in this journey? Everyone operates in the fivefold. Now, you may not have heard this presented in this way. But at different times, we all operate in the fivefold in different ways. I mean, lesser degrees, there are the you know, what you might call the high evangelist who preaches to stadiums. But how many of you sat in a coffee shop and felt and witnessed to somebody and shared Jesus? And at that moment, you're operating as an evangelist. True? When you sit with your children... Around the dinner table, and you start to talk about the things of the kingdom of God, and you start to teach them truths. Are you not functioning as a teacher? Are you not being involved in that way? When you go and visit somebody who's sick, and spend an hour with them, and take them some flowers, and care for them, are you not being a shepherd? Being involved. And so often our thinking has been so tight that you are the apostolic figure. But it's the body of Christ where the gifts are released. He gave to the fullness. Christ has gone who showed us how to live and he's left those wonderful activities within the body of Christ. It's not about exclusivism. It's not about you being the figure. It's not about power. It's about simply being Jesus in the world. And all of this is beautifully. You see it in careers, nursing, teaching, business, But then we learn that within the body of Christ, those gifts, everyone operates. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Okay, so Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace. Okay? So he's personalizing it. He's the apostle. Given to me through the work of his power. He's been given the gift by God's grace. Then it says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. See how there's the two? Paul says it's been given to me, but it's actually been given to all of you. And in your careers, in your life, in your roles, You are fulfilling, because you are full of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God within you. And to connect the gift of God within you is so exciting. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have your name on the Willow Park website, Pastor Phil, Apostle to the Nations. No. You, wherever you are, you are the body of Christ. And you are able to function in the beauty of these gifts. Each one of us, each one of you, each one of you, I don't know what that gift is, but each one of you has a gift, and gifts, and moves between the gifts. You know, often everyone operates in the fivefold. Of course, there are the, you know, The leader, the teacher, teaches churches. But then there's ministers who teach ministry groups. And we're looking for volunteers. But the saints, everybody at different times teaches their children, their friends. and We operate in different ways. And it works. This is what they call apest. Apostolic, prophetic, evangelist. Shepherd and teacher, devised by the Southern Baptist seminary. Brilliant. Ministers, you know. And you do have people who are really kind of, say, a high E, an evangelist, who is pretty. But it doesn't mean that we don't have ministries of evangelism. And it doesn't mean that all the saints... Don't evangelize. In fact, as saints, we, in different ways, at different times, do all of these things. We do them all. We're involved in them. I think this is beautiful. Um, Just because I'm an evangelist pastor doesn't mean that I don't at times get deeply moved by cultural and... And issues of justice, an issue of change, and things break my heart. I mean, whose heart wasn't broken two or three years, weeks ago when we saw about the news from, from Kamloops and the residential home? One of us didn't experience a voice of the prophet coming up within us at that moment, within the church. I think the whole of the church felt it. I'd love to think that, Of course. We were captivated by that. But there are the, what they call the high evangelists, as in they not high as in, but the ones who function at a high level. Those are those who function at the high level as a teacher or a shepherd within their lives. So very often, we just like to focus on this person the kind of big leader. He's on TV, he's on stadiums, he preaches, he healers, evangelists, prophet ministers to the people and they have some fruit. They have some fruit. We know that. Look at Billy Graham. Look at guys like Reinhard Banki preached both of them preached to more people than there were alive at the time of Christ in stadiums. But it has some but I'd like to suggest it has some fruit. And then there's parachurch ministries that often function in these different aspects. Youth of Christ and uh, young life and power to change. And, and the, the list goes on and on. True? And they, they minister in that area. Function and they have perhaps one could argue more fruit. But then there's the saints, the global saints of the world. Functioning under the work of the Holy Spirit. The church as a whole, the church can function at all three levels, resulting in most fruit. The body of Christ, the way a church should function, should function that all of us get involved that all of us have gifts. That all of us are able to minister. I think we kind of know that, don't we? We know that the health of the church is when everybody kind of knows where their love is, where their gifts are, how they respond to people. And you, you step into that. Um, I certainly do not want a congregation... Who just comes and sits and listens to me and then leaves and does nothing. Why do these gifts exist? Well, at the beginning of that sentence, it's for the equipping of the saints. Equip you to what? Well, equip you to do all of these things. And so what's the relationship between the fivefold ministry and other New Testament gifts? When he ascended on high, he led the hosts of captives and gave gifts to men. And I'm talking about Corinthians 12. Prophecy, as in words of encouragement, healing, gifts of faith, discernment, and all of these things. Or Romans 12, the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, the gift of... Um, that that grows within our lives. Well, this is how I see it. I see if many of us and all of us function within the fivefold in varying ways in different ways, whether in the church or outside the church. But I see the gifts of one Corinthians twelve and Romans twelve as kind of like a tool belt. And you use those gifts at different times. You know, there are times, I mean, obviously some ministry gifts, the evangelist seems to be really attracted to healing ministry. That's historical. But there are times when, when those gifts, when you go into a situation and you like got a tool belt on and you, you, you like building a house, you use different tools for different things at different times. And I want to encourage you that you look at those gifts. I may not have a strong gift of administration, more vision, but it doesn't mean that I don't administer. And there are times when I function strongly in an area at times because I need to function in that area, and God gives me grace to be able to do that. There are times when I don't you know, necessarily carry a great healing ministry But there are times when I go and I pray with people and people get healed. Things happen. But I've got a tool. And Canadians know about building things, right? You build a house and you've got the framers and they come in and they work and they're primarily a framer. But I've met lots of framers that will do finishing and I've met lots of framers that will do electrics, sort of, and they'll but you'll have to get a guy to come in and, and do the ticket for this bit. And they'll sort of do that, right? I've met guys who can drywall, but they quite like, a, you know, they can do a roof for you. They're not always all awesome because they drop off, but they can do that. Primarily they're this, but they're able to adapt. And in the kingdom of God, primarily, you might function as a shepherd, But we do use these gifts like a tool belt. Why is this so important? It's for the health of the church is at stake. We need teachers to teach children. We need volunteers to come with the ministry of help. We need people to help and to evangelize. We need people who are hospitable to be welcoming people as people come back to church. Because, honestly, if you haven't got the gift of hospitality, I really would not, I'm not too excited about you being at the door. I mean, no offense or something. But if you're like, stood there like, Mm. stop, wait, body search, okay, in you go. That's not good for church, okay. I want to encourage you to simply live live within that because it's about the health of the church. Until we all attain unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning By crafting us in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. Basically, it says, grow up. Know that God wants to use you and start to function in the way that you are called to be used. But just because I'm an evangelist, it doesn't mean that I'm a shepherd. I can't shepherd. Just because I may be always thinking about justice and right and wrong and everybody's wrong and we need to change this doesn't mean that I can't have the heart of a teacher to be able to teach at times. The mission of the church is at stake. The health of the church is at stake. And churches... Wobble when it's dominated by one ministry gift. Churches wobble when the the body of Christ do not feel a deep sense of what Christ can do in our lives. So those are some thoughts for you. Let's stand together if you're online listening. As we finish... It boils down to this question: Are you still fulfilling what Christ has called you to do? And as I've talked about these areas, I mean they're remarkable. You know, some have the gifts of making money, and there's people in this hall right now have a gift of making money from, you know, that that lovely gift of. Um, Romans 12 about being able to, you know, create wealth. And to do that, they may have the the ministry gift of the evangelist actually at work in their life or something else. We don't want to be exclusive because... You've got to follow the Spirit, and you've got to hear what the Spirit's calling to do. And, and the, the li- list of gifts within the New Testament is kind of open, so there can be that connection backwards and forwards. But God wants to use you. So if, let's pause, and if you're online, if you feel comfortable or able, why don't you hold out your hands if you want to give your gifts To the Lord for him to come and fill you. And use you. And ask the Lord to use you. Because it's when the saints are energized. That we get the most fruit in the body of Christ. Father, right now, Lord, as we gather as church. And online. We want to be vessels. That are used by you. And Lord I pray. That you will come now. And you will enable us to fulfill our role in the body of Christ. And I pray that today. There may be a fresh revelation. Of gifts. Of the Holy Spirit. Being released in the body of Willow Park Church. In Jesus name. Lord, we just want to be used by you. We want to pioneer things. We want to stand for what is true and what is just and what is right. We want to win people to Jesus. We want to love people in a crazy way as shepherds. We want to teach good doctrine at every level of our church life. So I pray, Lord, now, help us all to find that calling and feel free in the Holy Spirit to fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for those that have joined us online and bless you. And thank you all of those who have joined us this morning. And may you walk in the gift of God. Amen.